You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hi, I'm also Pogues, and as always, I'm... Jo- Wait, hold on. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, God. You got it. You No, I, that's my fault, guys. I highlight the scripts, and I accidentally used the wrong color on that opening. I, I actually, I kind of feel like more it's like a modern comic book movie, and we're rebooting this podcast. And in the reboot, I play Pogues, and you play my talking dog sidekick. Wiffles. Hmm. So it's a step up for me. Yeah, I think so. A lot less pressure on you. crazy about the name. A lot less pressure on you. All right, Wiffles. Calm down. Uh, (laughs) As always, uh, in this intermediate week, you've tuned in to a mini-sode where we briefly uh, recap uh, what we learned in our previous episode. Uh, More so, we introduce you to the next week's episode, so you have plenty of time to fail to watch it. Uh, and we also talk about any relevant comic book film news, if such news exists. And, folks, I believe such news exists. I believe so, too. We are recording this earlier than it is being released. And today, the new trailer for Thor Ragnarok dropped. So we've got a few details on so. that and a few thoughts, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, uh, Pogues. But first, Ben will tell you who will win in the fourth race. <laughs> ben, who's your pick? In the what race? The fourth race. You know, like horse races. It was. It's not great. Just let's keep moving. <laughs> so, Pogues, it's been a week since we watched The Hulk. Uh, do you feel differently about it? No. <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, actually, somebody at work, we were talking, uh, me and uh, a couple of people at work were talking about getting together to watch a bad movie. And the one person suggested we watch Hulk. And I said, no. <laughs> I will not watch Ang Lee's Hulk again for at least four to five years. See, I picture it more like they said, hey, we, could, we should watch Ang Lee's The Hulk. And then the camera cuts to you and like the sound kind of goes out of the room with like a high-pitched like, squeal. And then it kind of zooms in on your face and you hear just the faint audio of Hulk playing in the background as he's strangling a, uh, a poodle while nude. And then you just snap back and you just start yelling and you just start hitting someone. <laughs> oh, it was, it, they, they were, at the point the, the girl who asked was like, oh, are you not – do you not want to watch stuff? And I was like, no, no, no. I just will not watch Ang Lee's The Hulk. Like, that is the only option. I will not watch that movie again. I cannot take it for another however many years it's been since it came out, because that's the last time I saw it. What about watching The Hulk? Pokes? Pokes, you have this thousand-yard stare going on. Are you all right? <laughs> have, why is your nose bleeding? <laughs> Pokes, do, do, you not, do you realize this happened? You just screamed for a minute straight. Um <laughs> Does anybody else taste copper? <laughs> well, uh, so we still don't recommend Thor, uh, uh, or, or we still don't recommend Hulk from 2003. Uh, I'll check again again next week and see if Pogues recommends the Hulk yet. Um, <laughs> but until then, uh, uh, we got another interesting piece from a fan, a good friend of mine, uh, shared uh, some other information. I've noticed that a lot of the fans of the show are really into contributing scientific uh, expertise. Uh, to the various elements. Um, yeah, you, you guys may actually remember this this uh, person wrote in and uh, had something to say about – fuck me, I can't remember which movie it was. But we said that we would start – I think it was one of the Fantastic Fours, actually. It's been a while. But we said that we would use them as our resident physics expert, and they wrote <laughs> back in with some thoughts on how the Hulk works. Yeah, uh, it's actually really interesting. Oh, and also don't forget our friend Frank uh, contributed that excellent image available on our Facebook page that indicates the physics impossibility of uh, of the penguin's duck mobile car going up a staircase out of the sewer. You know, 
one of those sewer staircases. Yeah, um, we only get physics. We get, I guess, our subset of nerds is I smart. Love it. <laughs> But uh, 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 my pal Micah indicates to us uh, through some excellent deduction of himself, of, of his own, of his own expertise, that a lot of what happens in the Hulk comics seems to be physically impossible uh, in a really interesting way. Obviously, when you tell someone that the Hulk is an improbable concept, they would probably refer to the fact that someone becomes green and huge. It's just in, in, inherently strange. But it's actually yeah, somebody who's bathed in gamma radiation doesn't just die. <laughs> right. But he actually points out that um, for for Bruce Banner to gain that much physical mass, he would have to be generating a hell of a lot of energy to accomplish the task. And if that was even possible, more importantly, he would have to release said energy <laughs> when he returns to being Bruce Banner. Because as we all know, matter cannot be destroyed. It must be transferred or however the expression goes. I went to school for English. but uh, Yeah, we got two liberal arts majors here. <laughs> but he makes an excellent point that when the Hulk is much, much larger, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of pounds larger than he would normally have been as Bruce Banner, he stops being that size, that energy would have to go within or go external, uh, you know, expand outward, uh, which is actually a great question he actually asked at the end of his point. Is this ever covered in the comics? And frankly, I don't think that it is because the Hulk would be... No, because I, I think the Hulk, like many comic books, exists outside of the laws of regular <laughs> physics. Well, there's that, but can you imagine the Hulk comics if every time he transitioned back to Bruce Banner, he just triggered a nuclear explosion? Yeah, which I, I believe the, the, the rough math that... Uh, Mikey used yeah. in his thing is 285,000 atomic bombs that we dropped on Hiroshima. Yeah, as he points out, um, uh, he, he might be gaining about 450, 440, 500 pounds as he gains into the Hulks, which is about 200 kilograms. And according to Einstein's theory, uh, you know, the classic e equals mc squared, uh, this indicates uh, this, this, this is about an equivalent amount of energy to what the United States generates in uh entirely in the year 2009 he states specifically which means he looked up facts friends <laughs> yeah this is not just random thoughts uh he also clarified another empirical fact which is that he remem remember seeing it in the theater and quote <laughs> it stuck with me as being uniquely bad so with an opinion like that you know he's a reliable source <laughs> He goes on to say that uh, he remembers the transition, and he doesn't remember much of the movie, but the transition transitions are so bad, he remembered them like 15 years later, <laughs> whatever, 17 years later, I forget what year this movie came out, but Oof. I thought that was a great ending line to a, a very long thing about atomic energy and physics, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and go, uh, go out on a limb and say no, the comics never addressed Bruce Banner causing an explosion when he turns into, or when he... Comes, becomes from the Hulk down to Bruce Banner. So but I would like them I, to, because if if the Hulk had to stay the Hulk, or else he would explode and cause, like, a thousand Hiroshimas, then I believe it would be very interesting to watch people try to keep him angry. It would be a lot like that movie, um, that Jason Statham movie, where he can't... Crank? crank, where he can't slow down. Or Speed! Basically, it's like the movie Speed... Except no Keanu Reeves and nuclear explosions I, in the Hulk. I would love a version of the Incredible Hulk that was like Crank or Crank 2 High Voltage. Where he's just <laughs> running around and putting like uh, 
a car battery on his tongue and his nipple, <laughs> I would love that. All right, someone – You guys I, have not seen those movies. Cannot recommend them enough. I wholeheartedly agree. Also, someone isolate that uh, audio pose indicating that he would like to see uh, someone uh, rig up a battery to their nipple. And just keep it. Just keep it aside for our Pogue soundboard that we're going to create later on down the, down the board. Uh, yeah, when we turn this, we transition fully to a morning zoo show. Yes, exactly. Well, with that said, um, we can hopefully stop talking about the uh, Hulk movie up uh, until I ask you about it every week from now on. Um, that please don't. <laughs> that's like that's real PTSD right there. Not really. That's a serious condition. Uh, and now we're gonna move on to uh, next week's movie, which I am very excited about it because it's a ridiculous film that I remember wholeheartedly enjoying, despite... I am indifferent, because I don't know anything about it. I don't remember seeing this movie ever. <laughs> despite the soundtrack to this movie, which includes a prominent uh, performance of Smash Mouth's All-Star, which, give them credit, was a hit song at the time. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm going to change my previous opinion of being indifferent to being excited. <laughs> Everybody loves some good Smash Mouth. Uh, this film combines the uh, acting prowess of Kel, of Keenan and Kel, William H. Macy, Janine Garofalo, Hank Azaria, Paul Rubens, and Ben Stiller. Oh, JFK. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. Of course, all the people I just mentioned. Frost pro- Nixon? They play JFK in that movie <laughs> in alternating scenes. Fuck, I had watched that. Yeah, great movie. <laughs> okay, also, can you imagine Paul Rubens playing JFK? I am in for it. Every night. Every <laughs> night I imagine it. <laughs> well, uh, of course, we're talking about uh, to, uh, 1999's Mystery Men. Ah, the year where we all thought we were going to die from the Y2K explosion. It was an explosion, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I worked at a bank at the time, and I remember the amount of dumb questions people asked me about Y2K, where it was just like, yeah, you know, nothing terrible is going to happen. They knew it was coming for a very long period of time. Uh, somebody accidentally made a statement about it in the media, and the media was like, well, we don't need to report facts. So we had people coming in trying to close their bank accounts. It's pretty dope. It was not. <laughs> um, Mystery Men is A... Uh, it is a quote-unquote, and I'm putting big quotes out here, superhero movie. Uh, it is actually more of a lampoon of superhero movies, I'd say, if you haven't seen it in a but while. But not a national lampoons? Um, I will I will find a way to hurt you. Um, it, it, uh, it, <laughs> it, it came out in, like I said, 99. It had an insane cast. I mean, you heard it. It's fucking insane. Uh, it, it, it features a series of characters who play what is essentially like – like C D level heroes, people who basically have no powers. Let's just say. I was gonna say they don't have real powers, right? Don't they just like they think they're super? I, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I've never seen this movie. I saw a trailer for it and never saw it. Um, it, it's it's I think quite good. Uh, and, and most people who are nerds who have seen this movie are probably startled to hear it because while it is comic booky. Most wouldn't be able to associate it with a comic book, but it indeed had one. Uh, the Mystery Men was a comic book that was a spinoff of the Flaming Carrot sort of franchise, which is itself a, a lampoon of comics. That's kind of a, if you do not know who the Flaming Carrot is, he is a man who has a carrot for a head, which is on fire. Yeah, his his, his catchphrase is "ut." You ut. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh. Um, and he's the founding group of the characters known as the Mystery Men, which include, and I'm going to list them because some of these are in the movie, some of them are not, 
all of them are different. It includes, I love this list, The Flaming Carrot, The Shoveler, Jackpot, Mr. Furious, Screwball, Captain Attack, Bondo Man, Jumpin' Jehoshaphat, Red Rover, The Strangler, The Spleen, The Metro Marauder, Hummer, Discman, Jumo the Magnificent, The Whisperer, Mystic Hand, Star Shark, and The Zeke. Last one's an odd name. Is that supposed to be a play on, like, the Max or something? I love it that the Zeke, too. It's not just yes, Zeke. Yeah, I mean, it's odd that it has the in the title. I also like Captain Attack, the most generic but yeah, <laughs> superhero name in that whole list. Uh, I was like, mm, I feel like they got sued for this. But I have a feeling that this movie has as much to do with that comic book as, um, what was that, Art School Confidential had to do with that comic strip. Yeah, they're known for fighting a group that are referred to as the Wimpy Vampires, known as the Vile Brotherhood. Um, it, it's, I mean, the whole comic is written to be uh, amusingly abstract and surreal and strange and also, like, tangentially comic book-y. It's super interesting if you haven't ever taken a look. I, I highly recommend just even just Googling around to learn more about it. But um, the movie is pretty different. It takes on its own its own comedic uh, 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 trappings. And it, it does steal a couple of characters, the Shoveler um, and uh, Mr. Furious, for, for one. I, I did notice, I was looking it up, um, the director of this movie is pretty strange. Uh, his name is Kinka Usher. He's directed one and only one movie. Just, just, just one. Just this movie. He's been like a camera assistant, like, like a cameraman operator, like a steady cam operator for Roger Corman. One of the fa- one of the famous B movie directors of all time. You guys may remember we've done a Roger Corman movie, his Fantastic Four, which was locked away from the sights of the world. That is correct. Um, he did a bunch of commercials for quite some time, which is where he got his directorial chops. He was given Mystery Men to run, did it, and then never directed again. Just went back to doing commercials. <laughs> really? Yeah. That is bizarre it's very bizarre everything about this movie is bizarre i am fucking thrilled to cover it and i've got a great guest lined up as always i won't say who it is in case they bail uh (laughs) or as we like to say to build suspense (laughs) certainly not the other reason gotta go by all right so there's for next week uh a movie that i have not seen so let's see if i you know how i feel about it it seems like it could be great with all of these famous actors in it jeffrey rush eddie izzard what? I'm also looking at the list. And Tom Waits. Come on, man. This could be spectacular. Oh, God, I forgot to mention Tom fucking Waits. That's Jesus. ridiculous. And Claire Forlani. Come on, man. She was in Dungeon Siege. <laughs> uh, good times. All right, so that's next week. But as we mentioned at the top of the show, there was some news about comic books to cover. Thor Ragnarok. The third in the Thor trilogy movie released its first official full-length trailer, and we watched it. Uh, I didn't know how to add that sentence. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people watched it. This was um, this was a big deal when it came out today, which is strange because I don't think – we talked about this off-air. The Thor series, some people did not like the films. Some people definitely had a good time watching the films – but I don't know if there's a ton of people who would say, oh, yeah, the Thor movies are my favorite comic book movies. Like, I don't think there's a lot. I'm not saying there aren't any people, and I'm not saying that they're wrong or they should be ashamed. I'm just saying that. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people are not I, – I don't know. I, the first Thor movie is very much a filler film. 
just to introduce Thor. If you really look at it, not a lot happens. I'm not again. I, I'm not saying I dislike the Thor movies. I just don't think they were as good as the other Marvel movies. And I think that Thor, the first Thor movie, is just like a here's who Thor is. We got to stretch this out for two hours so that when he appears in the Avengers next year, you won't be like who who dis. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> who dis? I, I think a lot of people did feel that way. And then I think I think you called the uh, the second Thor movie a non-starter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it was based off, off of one of uh, Thor's better stories, I think, the idea of the Dark Elf, and they, but it's just, like, I don't know, it's just nothing that happens, and honestly, too, like, I'm, like, so over this whole Loki thing. That's right, I'm talking like I'm a 15-year-old girl. Uh, no, but I, I just, like, I don't care about Loki at all. I don't like him as a character. I don't think he's particularly interesting in the Marvel Universe, but, like, people love him for some reason, and... So, like, his constant shoehorning into the main plot of every Thor movie just is like, I'm like, ah, oh, come on. I'd be like, if in every Captain America, Red Skull is just, like, in the background, you'd just be like, I got it, okay, let's move on. So, he is also in Thor Ragnarok. He appears in the trailer twice. So, but the trailer starts with a chained-up Thor in what appears to be Hell, uh, telling the story of how he got to where he is, although I don't think that voiceover is from the scene that's in, where we meet... Uh, Hella, who is played by Kate Blanchett, who I was shocked that it was her because I think Kate Blanchett hasn't aged in like 15 to 20 years. <laughs> she looks like pretty much the same as when she was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil the trailer, but uh, obviously if you're listening to this, fucking just pause it and go watch it. It's like two minutes, yeah. it's like two minutes long. It's, it's, oh, I think they called it even a teaser. So here's some fucking interesting pieces about it. it just, just, just as a whole, is a, it's got a, it's not set on Earth. Uh, at least, at least not at not predominantly. I don't think there's any shot, shots of Earth or anything. I think the very first shot where she catches the hammer is on Earth. Yeah, yes, everything. You're right. Then she goes to Asgard. It looks like. Um. Uh. But it's predominantly filmed in a number of bizarre, eccentric, bright, sort of very Silver Age, 70s, 80s locations. Sort of the realm of the endless kind of kind of places. Uh, uh. And it's super super different than the other thor movies in fact i think a lot of people um made made guardians of the galaxy comparisons uh because yeah of, i mean it there's scenes that straight up look like they're from the first guardians of the galaxy but we could say as guardians of the galaxy right right you remember how remember how you were displeased at my previous joke come on that's fucking solid <laughs> it's no no it's not um it was as good as national lampoon which was not good uh yeah, so it starts in about a, maybe like a month ago. They were in EW doing like a you know one of those things where they're like, here's the first look at Thor. And uh, in reading the article, I was like, wow, there the the story sounds like it's Thor on another planet, and he's not like Thor anymore, and he has to fight in an arena. And I was like, that's the plot to World War Hulk, which I keep calling World War Hulk, but it's Planet Hulk, which is a, a I like Hulk story. I like World War Hulk, but we can keep saying it. But yeah, it is well, a great story. World War Hulk is the follow-up where he comes back to Earth, and it's not very good. But here's why but this Planet Hulk is really good. Here's why I'm fucking amped out of my skull. A, the trailer's good. It's it, I, The trailer's great, excuse me. It, it's got a Led Zeppelin yeah, yeah. immigrant song background track for the whole trailer, which I, I usually don't like when they go with like one song that's really like in your face for trailers, but sometimes I do. In this case... I do. Um, yes. That and, and, I mean, I got to tell you, Hella looks amazing. Not just because Kate right. but there's a beautiful woman. But, like, her costume design, they show her in her helmet with, like, the antlers. It's 
amazing. So they, they, they what they're clearly doing is they're combining two things that I fucking adore. One is Walt Simonson's run on the Thor from the 80s. Are you familiar with him at all? He's, an, he's a famous illustrator who has a, if you if you think of Thor in your head, you probably think of his Thor. Um, it, and his Thor was constant. A lot of the stuff that happens in this is very reminiscent of it. Obviously not the Planet Hulk stuff, but uh, I think Hel- Hela is a major player in a lot of his stories. Uh, I believe we see Scourge uh, in the trailer with the double double assault rifles at some point. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yep, I'm pretty sure that's Scourge. And there's a ton of like the backgrounds and the landscapes. They all look like William Simonson, who is like the. I mean, I I read his omnibus uh, a long time ago when I was in like high school, and I fucking adored the shit out of it. I had like a, a Thor poster in my room because uh, I, I that I got from a comic book store because I was fucking loved this shit. I didn't read it at the time. I'm too young, surprisingly, as old as I feel. I think it was like he had like an 87 run. So, but he was responsible for. Well, he was not the writer, but I mean, he was you know a part creator. Uh, Beta Ray Bill, I think, first appeared in one of his comics, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, Beta Ray Bill. I was really hoping he would appear, appear in this trailer. Well, who knows? I, I Actually, I was having a conversation with my buddy Chris about trailers, and uh, we talked about how the Spider-Man trailer, while good, spoiled a lot. So maybe he could be in this, and they just didn't spoil yeah. it, you know, which is good because... I've heard, heard rumors that they say Beta Ray Bill is going to appear in the Infinity Wars. Ooh. I'm interested in that. I'm really hoping he appears in this movie. If you do not know who Beta Ray Bill is, go look him up. He is basically like a horse skeleton for a head on just an ordinary body. And uh, he actually can wield Mjolnir because he's worthy. And Thor ends up giving him his own hammer called, I think, Stormcaller. Yeah, Stormcaller. And he acts as like a a sort of horsey Sith man or horsey Thor man. Uh, in space, so it's pretty cool. I'm hoping he appears, but the best, I think the part of this trailer that really, there's another great thing in it is Jeff Goldblum, who I was super excited to see is still just playing Jeff Goldblum. Refuses, sounds, not putting yep. on an accent, Gotta not doing it. anything different. It's just Jeff Goldblum with some white paint on his face <laughs> and a slightly more flamboyant <laughs> outfit. I guess it's not dressed all in black. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, he is the ruler of whatever world they're on, he brings Thor in as a competitor in their arena. The trailer ends with Thor being in the arena for the main event. Uh, the gate opens and out comes the Incredible Hulk, decked out entirely in his gear from Planet Hulk, if you ever read it. He's he's basically like a, a Roman gladiator, but, you know, like 10 feet tall or whatever. He's got like a big mace and a shield. Thor's all excited, but then the Hulk just runs at him, and it looks amazing. Um, this thing, like I said earlier, this thing combines two things that I love. One of them being, uh, the Walt Simonson's Thor that we discussed, but also, are you familiar with the directorial power behind this? No, I didn't even look to see who's directing this It's one. amazing. I didn't, I somehow did not realize that th- this man was being responsible for this movie, and I'm thrilled. Uh, the director is, in a name that I will absolutely butcher, is, uh, is Taika Watiti, I think his name is. Uh, he is, uh, his father, I think he's, he's part, uh, he's, he's partially Maori, so that's where... The name comes from from New Zealand. Um, he was responsible for two fucking amazing movies uh, from New Zealand. One called Boy and one called Hunt for the Wilder People, which came out very recently. It's just, it's both are so crazy stupid good. He's also part of creatively creatively part of and in what we do in the shadows. 
that movie with Jermaine Clement about vampires. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, was my favorite movie of, I think, 2014. I, that movie was so crazy good and so fucking funny. And I believe, actually, he's in it. He plays one of the characters. Um, he's crazy talented. And mostly known for sort of very uh, very surreal imagery and comedy, which combined with... With this, like, this source material, this, like, the Walton Simonson soar and the insanity of these worlds with, like, purple aliens with spike faces and laser guns. Like, I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, this is so good. Yeah, this is actually pretty interesting. He he did a lot of episodes, or he did a few episodes of Flight of the Concords, The Inbetweeners, What We Do in the Shadows, The Hunt for the Wilder People, and then, which I, I think this works. Marvel has a great eye for picking people who you would not think Right. Direct an action adventure film. We talked about the Russo brothers who like got their start in TV and directed community episodes of community and now they've gone on to direct three Captain Americas and we keep, or two Captain Americas and Avengers, but I mean they're amazing. So I, I'm looking forward to this. We keep bringing this up. Marvel keeps grabbing these not people who are totally obscure, they're picking up people who have fantastic chops with some indie stuff, with maybe some like feature film stuff that's not like, you know, big big blockbuster stuff. They people who have a lot of a lot of attention for nuance, detail, timing, like comedy, drama. And yeah, I think maybe that's that's their plan too is I, I think teaching like how to film an action movie is something you could do with the right cinematographer. I don't think I think teaching like comedy directing is something that you can't oh, teach. You know that I mean? is such a good point. Absolutely I thor- yeah, that is definitely what's happening. And maybe that's their plan is they're like, well we'll get people who know how to film comedy and know how to film interesting scenes and then we can get a cinematographer that's directed action and they can help them get through the action parts because I, I think that is why their stuff works and i i'm super excited and another thing that i have noticed is marvel is going with sort of they're not super young but by director standpoints in hollywood like this guy's uh like only like 42 which seems you know like like you're like wow that's not young but in hollywood for a director most directors are usually like in their 50s or older at this point to be given a, a movie like thor you know what i mean like it's one thing to be thirty and directing a small budget movie, but to be given a multi million dollar film like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really an excellent strategy, uh, from Marvel. So um I'm amped about this movie. Uh I know it's like a dumb thing that you don't care to tune into, but I mean, go watch the trailer. Um I I, I honestly think the comparisons to Guardian of the Galaxy are a little um th- I think I think those are coming up because both of those like both of that like uh, uh, Walt Simonson's Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy, the original comic, both probably had their heyday around like a similar time in the 80s, uh, 70s, 80s. So I, I imagine that they have very like um, motifs that are just really easy to play upon. So I think that's the only reason those those two movies seem so alike. Uh, Man, also, I think you are right. Scourge is in it, played by Carl Urban. Boom! That's Carl Urban? Fuck! Yeah, God, which I'm wondering if they're going to put the Enchantress in. Oh but it doesn't God. look like she's listed in the cast, I'm so maybe not. so excited. Uh, all right, well, I think we've gone uh, plenty long for a mini-episode, so uh, be sure yes. to uh, uh, hunt down uh, Mystery Men, because for once, uh, i kind of pretty sure I can recommend it. <laughs> it's got to be, which I should really start doing this before we're recording, but let me see real quick. Fill the space, Ben. Quick, improv. Um, can I get a suggestion? Uh, yeah, you're waiting in line at the DMV. Boy, I, uh, I, I, I do not like waiting in line at the DMV. 
Killing it as always. <laughs> it is not available on uh, Netflix. Uh, my suggestion was equally terrible. It is available to rent on Amazon, so you can rent it. Unfortunately, not available on Netflix, although Mystery Team is available again, so that's something. Uh, so there you go. Watch it, and next week we'll be back with a super special guest, or possibly no one, and then we'll pretend like we never said there was a guest. 